Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by the Belly of Sports Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, October 13th. Friday the 13th. Oh, man. Creepy. Super. <laughs> Just call it that. Friday the 13th in October, and we are down, completed with two preseason games of Magic going 2-0. Magic basketball is finally back, kind of. Games don't count, but it's it's back. It's on TV, kind of, if you got a stream or <laughs> if you're able to maneuver some you know, VPN, NBA League pass, however it is that you're watching it. The great news is that Magic Basketball is back. People are talking about Orlando Magic Basketball. We're back in the mold, man, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that in today's episode, kind of recapping um, Magic versus Pelicans, Magic versus Cavs, um, and then some of the other things that we've been hearing about the Orlando Magic in the national media, kind of kind of giving our players some recognition, some well-needed recognition. But before we get into that, last week we did announce that we were having a couple giveaways we're giving away an NBA Orlando Magic NBA Classic uniforms, a classic uniform for 2023-2024. The T-Max Stars. We're giving away that jersey out to a random um, fan, listener, subscriber. Um, we had some rules and regulations that you had to follow in order to do that, and we selected a winner. And then we also did another giveaway uh, with our partners over at FOCO, who... Um, we're giving out a a bobblehead, man, a, a city edition Paolo Bancaro bobblehead. If you haven't received one of these before, if you haven't seen what they look like, this is probably one of the best uh, bobbleheads that that we've seen. It's it's really solid. It's it's it looks great. It feels great. It lasts long. My kids, they've played around with the bobbleheads and accidentally dropped in. They don't break. They don't crack. So, um, really great quality bobblehead. But um, Al, let's let's kind of go over the winners before we move forward. Let's do it. So exciting, exciting stuff, man. So as you guys know, we had, let's, let's start with the bobblehead first. So the bobblehead, as Anthony mentioned, a Focal USA, Paolo Bancaro, City Edition uh, bobblehead. Is there a drum uh, roll? The winner, the winner for that one is, from Twitter, we got Jonathan underscore C89. Hey. Congratulations. Jonathan, if you guys know him on Twitter, one of the biggest Magic fans out there. Uh, I get to watch, to see him at uh, most Magic games, and this dude goes to all games decked out in full Magic gear. Uh, so a, a Magic lifer winning the first uh, prize. So again, Jonathan, congratulations. We'll get that shipped out to you here over the next couple of days. We'll reach out to you uh, tomorrow morning. So for the next one, Anthony, so what's the next one again? Next one, Classic Edition, Edition 2023-2024, Orlando Magic, Team Mac Stripes, or excuse me, Team Mac Stars jersey, and the winner is... So, first things first, I got to say, man, these are clean. These are clean, Super. so whoever Super. the winner is, going to truly enjoy it. The winner of the jersey is, from Twitter once again, Ranita89 underscore two. Congratulations. That's going to be a, a clean jersey. We'll reach out once again to you tomorrow. 
and we'll make sure it gets to you. Uh, as a reminder, it's a customizable jersey. Whatever you want it to say, whatever number, we'll ship it out to you. Uh, so congratulations to both Jonathan and Renita. We'll get that out there to you guys as soon as possible. Um, for those that didn't win, keep an eye on our feed. Keep an eye on our social media accounts. We're going to be giving away coming. a lot of stuff. And we got some, some cool stuff uh, brewing here over the next uh, few weeks. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, so really exciting. Congratulations to them. Um, like Al said, more giveaways on the way uh, throughout the season. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback from it, and a lot of great engagement. So really looking forward to some other things. Uh, we we kind of want to switch it up a little bit. We did the uniforms. We we did the uh, the the bobblehead. Uh, who knows what we're going to come up with next? We definitely want it to be something different than uh, the giveaways that we've done in the past. So really excited about that. But let's get into it, Al. First preseason game against the Pelicans. We get a chance to be able to see uh, Duke Paulo Bancaro versus Duke Zion Williamson. Um, and I'll be honest with you, man, it, it, it was a really fun game to watch um, from a couple of different aspects. Um, one of the first things that I'll, I'll be honest with you that I enjoyed about the game um, was really the commentary, first and foremost, from the Pelicans uh, broadcast. Unfortunately, it was not on Bally Sports Florida. It was on Bally Sports New Orleans. Um, so it's it's you know, you're not getting the the voices that we're used to hearing with David and Jeff. But we we were able to hear the New Orleans, and for the most part, man, they they out of all the different ones that I've heard, um, you know, just across the years, they they were probably the most in tune, um you know, from, from other teams that we've listened to. And they had a lot of great things to say about the magic, which I thought was, was awesome. And, you know, I've always been a fan of Antonio Daniels. If, if you listen to him on, you know, NBA radio, then you, you kind of, you know, you're, you're used to his perspective and kind of how he calls the games and whatnot. But um, I definitely enjoyed at least the commentary side of it completely different than, you know, the, the Cavs one um, that, that we heard. That was, it was terrible, but the New Orleans I actually enjoyed. Um, but it was a good game, man. The Magic beat the Pelicans one twenty-two to one hundred five after trailing by as many as sixteen points. Um, and we saw a lot of really great highlights from Paolo Bancaro, from Markel Fultz. Um, but Al, give me your perspective, man. What are some of the things that that you liked that you didn't like, and something that may have surprised you? I mean, let me start off by saying that the biggest surprise to me was maybe not a surprise, but we talked about it on last week's episode and we talked about Jalen Suggs. Well, like, hey, who starts? Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris. And guess what? Through two games, Jalen Suggs has gotten the call to start with the starters, to be a shooting guard uh, for us. And I've been impressed, man. I think Jalen Suggs, again, the attitude is different. The game has seems to be have slowed down a little bit for him. But the defense, man, the, I know he's good defensively. We knew that already. But my goodness, he has been terrific on the defensive end, especially against uh, the Pelicans. We got to see that three-point shot is going in for him. So that's been the number one thing so far for me. Um, and how can you not mention Wendell Carter Jr., man? Wendell Carter shot the ball really, really well against the Pelicans. He ended up hitting three three-pointers in that game. And we've talked about it before. That's a game-changer for us. If Wendell can come in and hit the man that the defenders guard him at the three-point line, it's game over because now all of a sudden Franz, Paolo, Jalen Suggs, Markel can go to the hoop and there's no, there's no help. There's no way to double team Paolo anymore. So th those were the two biggest takeaways for me on that game. Um, a third one would be Cole Anthony. I think Cole Anthony simply 
killed it in that game. He looks so confident out there. Uh, again, like sucks. The game has slowed down a little bit for him. We've seen more creativity as a point guard. He ran the pick and roll way better. Um, moved the ball around when needed. But most importantly, he knows his role, man. It's I'm here to score. He's the new Terrence Ross. I'm getting the ball and I'm going to score. So I definitely liked those three things out of that game uh, the most. Uh, what about you? What stood out to you in that game against the Pelicans? Yeah, so um, first to highlight, no Joe Ingles. Um, Coach Most before the game, uh, you know, had had mentioned that he won't be playing the vet, that he he kind of earned this through through his years of, of service to the NBA. So, um, you know, no Joe Ingles. We weren't able to see him on the floor. But I think for me personally, um, I, I really like the battle of Paolo Bancaro and, and Zion Williamson. It, it almost to the point where you really saw Paolo kind of shut Zion down in, in at least some capacity, played really, really great defense. And I think that that's going to be um, the, the biggest pillar for Paolo this season. You know, you talk about kind of, you know, the experience that he got for Team USA and and how he was given a lot of minutes at that five position. And although we may not see him as often um, playing that five position for the Magic, I think defensively that's one of gonna, it's going to be one of the things that he carries over. And we, we were able to see that from Paolo. Um, he had two steals for the night, one block, which was awesome, uh, 12 points. Uh, you know, a total of six rebounds. So this is somebody that in very limited minutes was able to be impactful. If there's one thing that I do want to see from Paulo, um, and granted it's, it's preseason, we're going to see more, you know, there's there's obviously going to be more minutes played for Paulo Bancaro during the season, but I really want to get to a point where he's just dominant, right? Um, and it's going to interchange between Paulo and Franz. And I think that um, Paulo Bancaro needs to be the one that, that has that dominance so that it kind of, it opens up you know, the, the floor in the game for everyone else and that everyone else, a, a lot of times, and a lot of nights, it's going to be Wendell Carter Jr. I think Wendell is going to be the one that's going to benefit the most from, you know, teams and, and their defensive schemes kind of focusing on Paulo, ben, um, Paulo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. Um, there's been a, a, a point for, you know, Wendell to shoot the basketball specifically from behind the three point line. Um, and he was four for five. So that was, that was beautiful to watch. He's, he's given the green, he was given the green light from his teammates, from the coaching staff. Um, again, a point of focus. And I think that that's only going to grow more and more as the season goes on. I completely agree with you again, that that's going to be a game changer for, for our team. Um, and to your point, it's going to be interesting to see how Paulo and Franz kind of balance out their attack on offense. Um, but one other thing that was huge for me is the depth of this team. And, and the New Orleans Pelicans broadcasters did a great job talking about it. There's just so much talent on this team now, now that we're fully healthy. I mean, we went, what, 12, 13, 14, 15 deep in this game. And I never felt like, man, like, why is this guy playing? Like, they, they shouldn't be on the court. Like, they belong. They should be getting a look. Um, and they're going to help us. Whenever injuries happen, those players that are at the bottom of the bench right now, they're going to help us. Um, so the depth is real about this team. Um, I got to ask you, what about the rookies? So let's talk about their first professional game. We got to see Anthony Black. We got to see Jet Howard uh, debut for the Orlando Magic. What were your thoughts quickly on on the two of them? Yeah, I mean, Anthony Black did exactly what I was expecting, right? Uh, if you were expecting for Anthony Black to go absolutely ballistic on the offensive end, you know, I'm sorry, that's just not the player that we got. And we, we got a player that is going to lead defensively, is, is going to be a playmaker and be able to make his teammates better. 
and his his first preseason game if we're being honest it was rough it wasn't it wasn't a great showing and that's okay he played 18 minutes was one of five from the field only scored two points it was negative seven so um i'm not surprised i'm okay with it and you know and we'll we'll talk about it more in in a little bit but we were able to get at least a better performance with with him um you know versus the cast but i it's not anything to worry about it's exactly what i expected preseason um, and then from Jet Howard, if I'm being honest, I was a little more disappointed with how we utilized Jet Howard. I really hated the fact that we waited towards the end of the game to be able to put him on the floor. I was kind of expecting for him to get way more burn or at least, you know, more meaningful action during the game. Um, but Jet Howard, 15 minutes on the floor, was three for eight from um, the field, two for five from the three-point line. He was a plus He was a plus eight for us. So, you know, it's it, Jet Howard we got what we are expecting from Jet Howard. He's someone that's going to be, you know, a three-point threat, someone that's going to stretch the floor. And uh, I I really like what I saw from Jet Howard in the limited time that we saw. Anthony Black, you know, it's, it's going to be a minute, you know, especially him playing kind of, you know, off ball a little bit. There there are going to be experimenting with him playing some three, some two, uh, playing alongside Cole Anthony majority of the time. And I, I think that that's going to be an adjustment as well. If you're, if you're talking about someone that, you know, in Arkansas, he had the ball in his hands pretty often. That may not be as, you know, a high volume as, you know, he's going to have the ball here with us in Orlando. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not surprised from what I saw. I'm not disappointed. It's preseason. Franz Wagner, his rookie year, his preseason wasn't great either. Um, so there's, there's a lot of time for growth. There's a lot of time for development. They're going to get plenty of time to be able to do that. So from my perspective, I, I'm good with what we saw. What about you? I 100% agree with you. I think Anthony Black, not the debut that probably he wanted to have, not the right. debut that we wanted to have. Um, and, and unfortunately, through one game, right, we're talking just about one game right now, it's kind of what we expected, to your point. We, we knew that he wasn't an offensive force. We were all kind of dumbfounded when we, when we drafted him. Like, wait, why? Just because, again, that same issue. Like, hey, he's not an offensive player. He plays for, we have already three, four guys that already played that position. It, it didn't make sense at the time. So this game didn't really help, right? It just seems like the fit, what we needed was an offensive weapon. If you ask me off the bench, whatever it may be, that's not his game. But to your point, Franz struggled big time in preseason when he was a rookie. He will come around. He played a little bit better against the Cavs. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. But Jed Howard, man, I, I said it on draft night when we came back and we recorded. He, to me, was... The better draft pick, if you ask me. I know we all want a greedy dick, but out of Anthony Black, Jay Howard, in my eyes, he fits a need way more than Anthony Black. And through one game, talking about just an Orleans game, you could see it right away. This kid came off the bench, fourth quarter, and he was lights on. Like he was like, yeah, I'm here to shoot, I'm here to score. Eight points, 15 minutes, 50% for three point range. He reminds me, and I've said it before, he reminds me a little bit of, of the Terrence Ross, like how, how he plays the game. It's just, I'm here, give me the ball. When I'm open, I'm going to shoot it. And that release, man, it's no joke. He gets off shots so quickly off the dribble, uh, catch and shoot, whichever way. Um, so, man, props to our front office. I know we were kind of like, what, when we drafted him? But based on what we've seen so far, training camp, clips, two games of preseason, that shot looks good, and he is confident, man. Like, that kid has no hesitation letting it fly. Um, so I think being the son of an NBA player has gotten him ready mentally for this level. Um, but so far, Anthony Black, again, not really that impressed early on. Joe Howard, though, I, I want to see him play more with the bench unit. 
heck, throw him with the starters for a couple of minutes and see what that looks like because that shooting threat from the outside can help us big time. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's all part of preseason. The only thing that I really didn't like is, you know, Emerald Schofield was on the, fi- on the floor uh, way before Jet Howard, and I was a little confused by it. Uh, with Emerald Schofield, you, you already know what you're getting with Emerald, right? You already you, you get you get what you got. Um, and I think that, you know, that's pre-se- especially with preseason, man. Jet, Jet Howard should definitely be in there earlier. That, that would be my only complaint. Um, and then Jonathan Isaac. Um, how do we not talk about J.I.? Uh, J.I., to me, it's it, he's the one for sure that will benefit the most from preseason out of any other player on our roster. Because with him, he's the one that needs to shake off the rust way more than anyone. Um, but even in his very limited time, eight minutes, you know, offensively, his shot is still a little rocky. Two from seven, one from two from the three-point line, missed a free throw. Um, but still, two blocks, one steal defensively, you know, in, in his limited minutes. Eight, in eight minutes of gameplay, my man had two blocks and one steal um, and seven points. So he was still effective and was still able to be impactful on the court. Um, but uh, Throughout the injuries, throughout the a little bit of excitement, a lot of bit of excitement that we had last season, to see it kind of transition into now this season and preseason, um, you you have to be impressed with what you saw from Jonathan Isaac. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you can see limited minutes both games. He only played in the first half uh, against the Pelicans, also against the Cavs. Um, so there's a big confusion amongst Magic fans. Like, is there a minutes restriction once again for J.I.? It kind of seems like there is at this moment. Um, but man, game changer for, for us on the defensive end. Um, he's hit three-pointers. He hit one against the Cavs. He hit one against New Orleans. Um, so that three and D mentality, man. I mean, remember, this is a kid that we all thought could be a defensive player of the year candidate when healthy. And you can see why. In limited action, he's out there getting steals, getting blocks. In nine minutes, man. Imagine if he, could, if he can ever play 25, 30 minutes, along with Wendell and Mopalo out there, it, it can be a game changer for us. But so far, just the fact that he is healthy and he's out there playing, that's all it takes for me to, to be excited for what we've seen from him. And uh, how do we not talk about Paulo Bancaro's nasty highlight where he crossed over Zion and a Ooh. really big poster over um, Valachunas? So... Like that that was such a high moment. I think that when that moment happened, I I screamed, I ran around the house, I had the baby in my arms and he was confused. So um <laughs> what an epic moment for Paolo Bancaro. It's one of those things where it makes it even that much more exciting that it was it was against Zion. You you expect Zion to be this big, massive, you know, body in the in the fact that Paolo was was able to to get by him pretty quickly and, and be able to throw it down with with massive amount of authority, it's it's it, it, it gives you LeBron-esque vibes, which I absolutely love. And the team was excited. It was an exciting moment. Markel Fultz also had another really get, great highlight. Um, when when these things happen, because Apollo has this tendency of getting a highlight at the beginning of of his rookie season, um, where he had a, a a pretty big dunk his first game, and then starting off this preseason pretty hot. Uh, with that big highlight, but how much of that allows for the national media to be able to still give some of that marketing, that that hype for Paulo Bancaro, which we know this season, even if we do well, is not is nowhere going to be near 
the little bit that he received last season because he was overshadowed by uh, Victor Wimbanyama. I mean, first things first, it gets you in Sports Center, right? NBA, uh, you know, top ten plays, whatever it may be, it gets you out there, and that's that's the number one thing. Um, so for sure, it helps, man. It's, it's marketing. Anytime you have a big dunk, a big play, it gets you on YouTube, a bunch of highlights. I mean, Twitter was blowing up, people sharing that video. Um, so we, we need more of that. And I love the fact that he started the year once again attacking the rim, going at it extremely hard. Uh, I mean, that dunk was insane. Like same thing as you. When that dunk happened, I was having dinner and I just I, I left the couch. I just went walking around the house. <laughs> it was it was that nice. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think we need more of that, and we'll definitely get more of that from Paolo, but definitely a sick dunk. And Markel, to your point, that 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 was just so much ease how he just glides in the air, man. Like this dude took literally one step from the free throw line and just dunked it like it was warm-ups. I'm like, how is he doing these things? Uh, but yeah, man, it's exciting. This young team has a lot of athletes out there. It's going to be a fun year. Yeah, 108-105 against the Cavaliers in Cleveland. Magic go two back-to-back away games. Um, so when it, when it comes to the Magic being 2-0, it's, it's preseason. You're in New Orleans. You're in Cleveland. You know, how much more emphasis does this allow for the Magic to be prepared for the season? You know, you, you take a look at, you know, our starting five. Paolo was plus 14, Franz plus 16, Wendell plus 18, Markel plus 14, Jalen Suggs plus 18. Our starters, when they were in the game, you know, it's, it's, it, they're a tough matchup. Um, and, you know, even the Cavs commentators, they were, they were saying that, you know, even with our bench, you know, the, the team is we have a very talented team one through 15 to where even if the magic are down, there's still a lot of fight in the magic that, you know, you kind of have to keep the gas on us, which I think a lot of teams are going to be able or are going to have to figure that out sooner than later because our team is so talented. Um, but, you know, talk, talk to me about the Cavs. What, what did you like about that game um, and what stood out for you? I got to say, so you're talking about the opponents that we faced so far. You got to love the fact that New Orleans, a team that is expected to make the playoffs, especially if Zion is healthy, Cavs, top five team in the East, right? And here are the Magic. It is preseason. We know that. But when the starters are out there competing against their starters so far, we've looked great. Like, we've, we've honestly beat them by double digits, both the Cavs and, and the Cavaliers who lost the lead because the third stringers messed it up for us. But our starters, man, like they're competing hard and they're keeping up with these playoff teams, right? I honestly don't see the Magic going into a game this season coming up and me feeling like, oh my God, it's, it's going to be a, an easy win for the opponents. Maybe the Suns, maybe like those top tier teams, but the Bucks maybe. But other than that, I think like we match up against anyone and that's what I've taken away from this preseason. It's like the team is so ready. You can definitely tell the chemistry's there, the cohesiveness the connection, they know where they're going to be. Like they, they know each other already. Um, but tonight for me, I mean, Franz Wagner, man, we all keep saying that we want to see him be more aggressive. Paulo has told him directly, we needed to be more aggressive and dude, 18 points, six, four, seven from the field, three, four, three from three point range in 19 minutes. Um, Markel Fultz, another guy that sometimes kind of goes on this little like lulls and, and, and falls asleep on offense a little bit attacking today. 13 points, four rebounds, uh, two assists. You got to love it. You got to love the fact that on any given night, it could be anyone on our team that leads the, the team in scoring. You don't know where it's coming from. Paulo is the guy. We know that. France, the secondary offensive weapon. 
but it could easily be Markel. It could easily be Jalen Suggs that has a huge night. It could easily be Wendell Carter that has a huge night. Um, also, major props to Jalen Suggs in this game. Eight points, but the best part, two for three, for three-point range. And he did a great, great job defending Donovan Mitchell, one of the best scorers uh, in the NBA. And, man, he made him look uncomfortable out there. So you got to like that um, if you're a Magic fan. Yeah, Markel Fultz, uh, one for two from the three-point line. I, I love the fact that he was shooting the ball from behind the three-point line. He didn't do that against the Pelicans. And I think that in, in terms of preseason, what you want to see out of Markel Fultz, you want him to take those shots. You want him to get into the rhythm, into the flow before the actual season starts. And, you know, it's 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 one of those things where Markel Fultz, we're going to go only as far as he's able to take us, right? We've seen what life is like without Markel Fultz through the stints of his injuries. And we're clearly a better basketball team with him, you know, being quarterbacking that for us, right? So um, I, I love everything about Markel Fultz, the fact that he's out there battling um, against Darius Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell in preseason, it, it allows for, you know, that, that, that iron to sharpen iron, right. It allows for him to, to be able to be better prepared for the season. And I think that that's the, that's the aspect that I love about, about preseason. There's two things that there's one thing that I love about preseason is that yes, it does allow for our teams to, to get ready and be polished and, and kind of take what they, they've, uh, discuss and learn from training camp into the season, um, into basketball play. But the things that I don't like is, man, being away two games and none of it counting is the part that kind of hurts my soul a bit um, because we know that this season is really where it's going to be at, where every game is going to count. And I think that going into the season, being 2-0 and so far, um, it's only going to give this team the confidence that, that it needs. They, they already have the confidence, right? They they know that this this group, this team is special. But to be able to see it on paper, preseason or not preseason, um, it, it's definitely going to do wonders for for the team. And, you know, preseason, it's 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 almost over, right? Only a few more games left, and then we, we get really into it. Um, but if there's one thing that you want to see towards the back end of these preseason games, what, what would you say is the one thing that you really hope to get out of it? I really want to see us, the last couple games especially, uh, increase the minutes of the starters a little bit. So like Tuesday's game against the Pelicans at home, I'm hoping the starters play at maybe 25 minutes, kind of kind of get that rotation a little bit more tightened up a little bit. Um, just because to your point, man, we got two more games. That's it. And then opening night. So the first two, what we knew that we're going to be, let's get the third stringers out there. Let's get the G League guys some, some minutes, but now next week, it gets a little more real. Um, and the games are at home, man. Let's give the fans a, a show. Um, but I really want to see to your point earlier. I want to see Jeff Howard get more minutes with, again, the bench unit some way, somehow, just because again, he's, he's earned it. Eight points against the, the Pelicans, eight points against the Cavs. 50% shooter from three-point range so far. I, I want to see that kid play more minutes uh, here at home. Um, and Anthony Black, I need him to be a little more confident on the offensive end, uh, not be so shy about shooting it. Like, just let it fly, man. Let it fly, especially at home. Um, that's about it. I have zero concerns about the starters, zero concern about the main players from the bench. Just stay healthy, man. I, I know we want to win these games, but stay healthy. I want to see this team opening night be 100% healthy and ready to to get started off to a, a strong start to the season. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that with, just to kind of add with Anthony Black, it, it's, it's going to take some time for him to get comfortable. We saw um, some of that in this Cavs game, 
you know, in, in the middle of the third quarter, we're talking about him taking a crossover down the middle of the lane and, and throwing it down in, in half court offense. So this is, this is a player that his advantage is his size. His advantage is his length. Um, and we were able to see at least a glimpse of that. So definitely a better showing against Cleveland. But yeah, ultimately we want to be able to see him be that much more aggressive offensively. You you really want Anthony Black is is your top lottery pick this year. You want you want him to be able to showcase and make an impact during the game and and kind of lead the second unit. Right now we know that's that's kind of falling on Cole Anthony and and Jonathan Isaac. But you know as 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 a young as a young player that we're going to put a lot of investment in, we're really hoping that that kind of kickstart uh, kickstarts kick a little earlier um, than what we're kind of expecting for it to be. We we know that it's going to be a little bit with Anthony Black, not so much of a project, I would say, obviously, but um, we we definitely want to be able to see get get this all out of your system during preseason. That way, season starts, we're kind of hitting the ground running. Um, yes, so, sir. Coming up, we have Tuesday against the New Orleans Pelicans and then Friday against uh, the Brazilian basketball team, Flamengo. And those games will be at the Amway. And it was announced and reported that those games will be um, televised with Bally Sports. So um, if you, however it is that you've been watching these games, uh, we won't talk about details. But <laughs> if you struggled the way that I've struggled, um, these games being on Bally Sports Florida is definitely going to change and 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 probably be a better viewing experience in my opinion um so moving past these games all right um espn came out with an article where they were saying that orlando or not necessarily an, an article but a ranking where they were saying that orlando is not a play-in team this is something that we've struggled with espn and the national media for a very very long time where we obviously don't agree right espn is very conservative when it comes to these rankings and conservatives really more towards the Orlando Magic, where we've we've seen that they don't really give us the respect that we believe that we that we should have and what we've earned, right? Um, but first and foremost, I know that you're not surprised. I'm not surprised. But when you first saw this ranking list, what were the first things that that came to mind? Yeah, so pretty much uh, for those that haven't seen it yet, it's it's pretty much a record prediction for the teams in the East, right? So they listed every team in the East. And the Magic came out actually out of the play-in in in that ranking. So they basically are saying the Magic will not even be a play-in team this season. Um, To your point, not surprising. What else would we expect from ESPN? Um, They finally gave us some love on our young players, which we'll talk about next. But it's not surprising. I think, if anything, that's something that you can take as coach mostly. Put in the locker room and say, hey, man, this is what they expect us to be. And show it. Not even the playing team. Let's shock the world. So if anything, you set us energy. You set us as a stack gas to to get you through the season and to shock some people, man. Because uh, as we can see, the respect is not there, despite us having a solid young core, showing that we can win games last year when healthy and being fully healthy this season. So it's up to us to shock the world. Um, but at the same time, you kind of want that respect a little bit. Uh, but it is what it is. What about what about you? What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. We expect it. Um, if anything, as much as we want it, right? Um, there's a lot of advantages to it. Uh, in a sense, where from a confidence booster, you know, the team feels the same way that we do. That that 
we're not getting the respect that we're being snubbed that nobody knows us the way that we know us right so one obviously nobody agrees with it especially if you live in orlando or you play for the team um but two we understand that that's not a positive reflective uh reflection of the orlando magic we know that we're a better team we're expecting for us to be able to be in the play-in tournament because just last season we were fighting for it and if it wasn't for the tough first 20 games you know we we would definitely be up there so um it's only a matter of time before those things change right um but i will say that you know their their rankings uh for our players was surprising it was surprising to see you know the the magic having two players uh, on their on their ranking list, where they rank Paolo Bencaro number thirtieth and Franz Wagner number fifty two, and when you look at players that Paolo Bencaro was in front of, you know you you're looking at players like Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Jalen Brunson, Mikael Bridges, uh, Kyrie Irving. You're looking at John Moran. You're looking at Darius Garland, uh, Bradley Beal. Zach Levine coming in at number 38. Paolo Bencaro, after his very first season, his rookie season, definitely left a lasting impression, at least from a national media standpoint. And I think that that's only going to continue to grow as the season goes on. Sophomore Paolo Bencaro is definitely going to be better than rookie Paolo Bencaro. Um, but surprisingly enough, Franz Wagner was the one that really stood out to me. This is a player that was not on any rankings last season. He is now. Um, him playing basketball for Germany this offseason um, and winning gold, that put in a lot of stock for him from a national standpoint, um, from a, a global standpoint, if we're being honest. Um, and I think that Franz Wagner, Paolo Mancaro, when we talk about you know the the best duels in in the NBA right now, especially from a youth uh, perspective, there there's not anyone that anyone from the national media can honestly say that they would they would kind of take you know in in front of or at least not think about it because when you're looking three four or five years down the line in this Eastern Conference. It's going to be ran by Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, and we're only getting a glimpse of what we've seen so far. Um, but their dynamic, their size, uh, the way that they're able to put the ball on the floor, their dominance is going to reflect this season, and I think it's going to change people's perspectives to where next year when we're seeing these rankings, I'm expecting for Paolo to be in the top 20. I'm expecting for Franz to be in the top 30, maybe the top 25. And I'm expecting for the Magic to have at least a ranking of being in the playoffs because that's where it's going to be highlighted. That's the expectation. That's the goal. That's the promised land um, that the Magic are working towards. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree. I think to, to your point, the biggest surprise to me was, was Franz, but it's funny how both Paulo and Franz were not even ranked last year in the top 100 for ESPN. And just after one season, how quickly things change. Here's Franz at 52. Here's Paulo at 30. And, and I'll, I'm willing to bet money. Next season, France will be higher in that list. I can tell you that much. Um, yep. So, I mean, if you're a Magic fan, this is just a quick little glimpse of how bright our future is, um, but also how quickly things can change. For so many years, we drafted player after player after player, trying to get that, like, franchise guy or a guy that can change our, our culture here in Orlando. And here we are, back-to-back -back years. You get France, you get Paolo, 
And don't forget, man, Jalen Suggs still out there. He, he still has a, ch- a shot to be a key player in this, in this core that we're building. Um, but just like that, in two years, Orlando basketball is back. And as we can see, we're getting some respect, at least from national media uh, at this point. Yeah, just to kind of highlight some of the names that um, came before Paulo Bancaro, you got Trey Young at 29, Larry Markinen at 28, Brandon Ingram, 27, Drew Holiday, 26, Pascal Siaskam, 25, Kawhi Leonard, 24, Darian Fox, 23, DeMontis Sabonis, 22, Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Jamal Murray, Bam Adebayo. You're talking about eventually Paolo Bancaro being in a list of names where they're, they're, we, we know Paolo Bancaro is our, our franchise guy. We know this. But it's time to be able to put him front and center in the showroom. Um, And this is a season where I think that he's really able to capitalize on that. Now, with that being said, there was an NBA GM survey for this year um, where Franz Wagner was voted the third, was voted third as a player most likely to have a breakout season this year. Um, And Paolo Bancaro tied for fourth. So you had Anthony Edwards at number one with getting 23% of the votes, followed by Cade Cunningham, Franz Wagner at three, Paolo Bancaro tied with Tyrese Maxey um, with 7% each. So what are your thoughts on Franz Wagner getting um, a top three nod uh, for a breakout season? I mean, those are some some pretty impressive names to be around. You know, Cade Cunningham, as we know, missed most of last year with injuries. Anthony Edwards is, is a beast. Um, Tyrese Maxey will probably have a larger role this year in Philly with the whole James Harden rumors going on. Um, so it's impressive to see Franz out there. But I think, again, the, the reason that, that that is happening, I think, is because of that gold uh, in the FIBA World Cup. The fact that they won and, and how well he played. Um, so you got to be excited. And then Paolo right behind him. So basically you're saying either one of those guys, Paolo or Franz, will have a breakout season this year for the Orlando Magic. And guess what? What if they both do? What if they both average over 20 points a night? What if they both manage to have really good, solid seasons and the Magic finish top seven in the East? All of a sudden, both of these dudes will no longer be, again, surprising the league. They are players that deserve to be in the top 30, top 40 list every single year. So exciting season ahead. It's good to see some respect again given to our young guys because we know in Orlando for sure what we have, and it's definitely special. Yep. And some of the other surveys that these NBA general managers completed listed that the Magic had the, uh, the Magic came in third in most promising young core, tied for third for which team will be most improved. And then Coach Mosley received votes for which head coach is the best manager and motivator of people. Um, in, in, in the um, interview with Anthony Parker that he had with, um, you know, the, the Orlando Magic, um, they, he talked about kind of some of the focuses that they had during training camp, right? He talked about kind of how this season not being the same or some of the things that was done last season not being tolerated um, this season. He talked about stopping stopping in the middle of practice to make sure that players are doing right. He's holding people more accountable. Um, you're, you're looking at not just a growth from a player standpoint, but I think that this season we're really going to see a growth from from coach mostly um throughout the whole entire off season we we've heard the interviews and the talks from markel Foles, from gary harris 
um, really highlighting the fact that Coach Moses is one, one of the good ones, right? They they need to take advantage of of the time now that they have with Coach Moses and make sure that, you know, they, they win games so that Coach Moe stays around for a long, long time because when it comes to head coaches in the NBA, you know, they're not everyone is fortunate enough to have a player coach like Coach Moe. And I think that that's one of the things that really stood out to me. He He received the recognition by – um, being hired to 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 be able to run the select team for Team USA, um, and the fact that he's getting these votes now, um, I think is is just the beginning of what we're gonna end, end up getting with Jamal Mosley. I know that he's not perfect. I know last season there was a lot of things that we could have nitpicked, um, but I think that this is not just the the season for growth from our team, our players, um, but it all starts with Coach Mose, and I think that we're gonna be able to see a lot of that coming this season. 100% agree. And I think uh, another, I think, group that deserves recognition um, is our front office. I don't see any recognition that we're given to them. But again, man, there's there's been some decisions that we've made that have made, a, made us kind of wonder, like, hey, is that the right thing? Did we really need that? Think back to when we hired Coach Mosley. We all wanted more of a seasoned veteran coach. We wanted more of a uh, Atkinson. We wanted more of a player that maybe Jason Kidd type of thing. Yeah, here we, out of nowhere, we hired Jamal Mosley. And we look back at it now, three years later, and man, what a great hire that was. Uh, for this young unit that we've been building, this young core, the perfect coach, if you ask me. The motivation, how great he gets along with the players. He gets at it in training camp. It goes out there and plays with them. He's young enough to, to be able to communicate with his guys and relate to them. And guess what? He also has basketball playing experience, so he can relate to them in that aspect as well. Um, so again, our front office, man, I don't think we give them enough credit. Sometimes they make some head scratching moves, but at the end of the day, when you look back at the big picture, they've done a phenomenal job so far. Couldn't agree more. A lot more exciting magic basketball coming again, Tuesday against the Pelicans, be able to see that rematch. And then Friday against, uh, the Flamengo Brazilian basketball club, um, fun games, more on the way. Get these preseason games out of the way and get into the the real the real games where every game counts and it's it's really a battle from the very beginning because once these games starts, we're really gonna get an idea of uh the rotations. It, we're not gonna we're not gonna be at a point where all 15 players are gonna get minutes, right? It's just not not realistic. Um and there's a lot of questions that will ultimately get answered. Minute restrictions for Jonathan Isaac. How much emphasis are they putting more towards playing and protecting? Uh, Jalen Suggs, is he going to stay in the starting lineup? Uh, Joe Ingles, how much time and minutes is he going to play? And if he does play, um, you know, how impactful is his uh, veteran presence going to play on the team that we have? Anthony Black, Jack Howard, rookies, what, what their journey is going to be like. And then Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner. Showing their dominance, seeing their growth. Markel Foles leading the team. Wendell Carter, his three-point shooting. There's so many different storylines for this Orlando Magic team that you really can't focus on just one specific out, um, one specific aspect. And I think that that's the part that's so exciting about this team is that nobody believes that they're a playoff team. We do. And it's because we see them on a day-to-day -day basis. We see the talent. We see their level of play. We see how cohesive they are, their team chemistry, and it's all being shown on the court. So even if the rest of the world doesn't believe it, it's only a matter of time before they do. So, Al, if there's one thing that you're excited about this season before the full kickoff, what would you say is that one thing? 
Honestly, it's got to be home games for me, man. Um, I got to witness this team go from not be able to fill out Amway Center. We went through the pandemic. And then, again, the young core is kind of building and building and building. And last year, man, once December hit and the team got healthy, Amway was packed every single night. And there was a lot of bull bull reasons why. Bull bull caused a lot of chaos at <laughs> Amway and a lot of emotion. But outside of that, people are showing up. People are hungry to support this team. Um, I think it also helps in a way that Orlando City, the soccer team, is playing really, really well, too. So there's a lot of excitement in that area, too. So downtown Orlando has been popping for a little while now. And I think that this team, that the excitement in the air that we all have, I can't wait for Tuesday, man. I'll be there for Tuesday night's game. I know it won't be the same. It's not a regular season game. But opening night is less than two weeks away now. I think that we'll see a lot of sellouts. Um, I think... Last week, I don't know if we talked about it last week or not, but the Magic were the third highest team in ticket sales in the NBA. Um, so I mean, think about that for a second. From where we're coming from, the AG, Vucevic, Fournier, even those days when we're not selling Amway out. And all of a sudden, here we are. Third highest selling team when it comes to tickets. Um, that for me is exciting. Anything for you? Any, any takeaways from you? I mean, the biggest thing is there, there's no experience, in my opinion, when it comes to Orlando sports, than the Orlando Magic in the playoffs, it is such a different atmosphere. Uh, it's a it's a different experience. It's a different feeling. Uh, just being around uh, Magic fans during this time period and kind of packing out downtown, um, being in the games. The games are just louder. It's just a different aspect all around. And and to to be in the mind frame where we know that that is a realistic destination this season. Like last season, we looked at it as, all right, this might, this might be, we, we have the team, we have the talent, but then going through the injuries and then hearing about the tanking and, and one more draft and all these different things, it was kind of like, we might get there, but we might not. Right. But this season it's, this is, this is the one, this is it. This is, it's not we're we're learning, we're trying to figure out, we're trying to do this and that, right? There's still an element to it because the magic eventually they this this trade season, this this trade deadline, I do feel like the magic will end up making moves. So the the magic front office, there's there's still a lot of learning that they have to do this season. But this season there's there's a, a goal in in hearing the players talk about it during training training camp and and media day and and seeing how they're playing now uh, again it's it, it's put me in a position where i have the confidence that if i was a betting man which i am i would i would put a lot on the home team getting to the playoffs whether that's directly to the playoffs or through the plan i don't care as long as we're we're in the dance it's all that i care about and i i truly in my heart of hearts believe that this season is the season yeah, man. I, I, think, I think to summarize it quickly, it would have to be there's expectations this year, right? There's no longer, exactly. oh my God, yep. come January, we've got a tank because X, Y, and C player is projected to be top five. We don't care about that. There's expectations. We've got to win. We keep hearing about it in training camp, how Coach Moses is saying, you guys want to do these things, want to accomplish these things, go out and do it. So I love the mentality. Um, and like you, I definitely think this year it's no longer about the lottery. It's no longer about the draft. It's truly about we got to make a major step and have play of basketball happening at Amway Center come April 20th or whatever it may be. So it's exciting. And I definitely think we have the unit, the, the team in place to make that happen. 
There's nothing like it. This season has to be about proving people wrong. Um, and if it's not about proving people wrong, then it's about proving us right. We we know the type of team that we are. The team knows the type of team that they are. Sky's the limit. It's just a matter of putting the work in, getting better every day, and minimizing mistakes, staying healthy. And Magic got a shot. That's a wrap for us. Appreciate you guys for listening. We will catch you guys next week. For all the latest Magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com. And follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.